Want to stream cognitive dissonance to your Android or iPhone? Buy the app. Go to dissonancepod.com and click on the link on the right-hand side of the page. Each purchase helps support the show. This is it. I'm standing on the very spot where many Christians believe the world will come to an end. It's called Megiddo. And it's the place that the book of Revelation says Jesus Christ will come down to, end the world, and save the people who believe in him. Now, when Revelations was written, only God had the capacity to end the world. But now man does too. Because unfortunately, before man figured out how to be rational or peaceful, he figured out nuclear weapons and how to pollute on a catastrophic scale. And if it's one thing I hate more than prophecy, it's self-fulfilling prophecy. advise that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome, Matt. This is episode 61 of Cognitive Dissonance, and we have Jake from the Imaginary Friends Show back because uh, we are, as it turns out, unimaginative. We just fucking recycle yeah, our guests. So that's that's it's so good that you would yeah. give me such an introduction. <laughs> it's it's not because we liked you, Jake. It's not. Because, look, look. Don't get us wrong. No. Don't don't think for a second that it was because that we liked you. Don't think for a second that it was because we oh, had fun. Yeah. It's because we're unimaginative. You. I'm just glad you would be mistaken if you thought it was from those previous two reasons. Jake, I'm that's just for glad sure. you understood what I was really getting at. You know, of I didn't course. want to be too subtle there. I wanted to make sure my point was well grasped, <laughs> and uh, you know, you, you got it. So yeah, I it's this in, enormous IQ of mine. I, I just <laughs> just cuts right through the bullshit. <laughs> All right. So this first story that we're going to go over is from. TheStar.com. Very reputable source, I, I hear, by the way. It's very reputable source. Oh, every, who doesn't read The Star now? It's like the first thing I fucking navigate to. It's my fucking homepage is The Star. Kids found bound blindfolded in Walmart lot said their family feared demons. This story is exactly what it sounds like. It's from Lawrence, Kansas. Uh, basically, fucking this... The kids... We're found, I don't know how else to say it, in a Walmart parking lot, bound and gagged because their family, hear me out here, feared they were demons. Yes. Yeah. So that seems like a pretty rational worldview, Jake. What do you think? Yes. Look, I have a couple of thoughts on this. You know, firstly, let's acknowledge the fact that this is probably the least strange thing that has ever happened in a Walmart car park. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> 
Now, do you have, you don't have Walmarts? You, no, you don't have Walmarts down no, there. No, I've, I've got an American wife though, and we, we've we've been uh, there a few yeah. times. So yeah, yeah, I, because this sort of thing would actually be con- be considered quite tame for a Walmart <laughs> parking lot for sure. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I was a little surprised anybody yeah. reported it. Actually, <laughs> that's right. Well, for for fear of having their own secrets blown right. out. <laughs> you know, if you if you tell on somebody who's got their their children bound and gagged in in the car park, there's uh, especially in, in the car park of a Walmart, then you know you've, there's every possibility that you'll have your eerie secrets found out at the same time. You know, the thing that shocked me is that the person didn't walk up and ask how much they were. Like that's the <laughs> thing that, sh- that shocked the shit out of me. Well, that's, that's good stock yeah. there. <laughs> Are you guys rolling back the prices on these kids? Then you know, you know what happened is you know I, I, I'm surprised because I would think they'd walk past and look at them and be like. Eh, Glass houses yeah. and keep walking. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice! Very nice. Well, you know, hey, the other thing with this is, you know, uh, we can look at this and say, you know, these are bad parents for you know using duct tape, which is arguably one of the most painful ways to tie up somebody. Uh, yes, yeah, so let's look at children. it that way. I like looking at it that way. So I mean, that's 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 one way to look at it. But yeah. let, let's look at it another way. Let's let's presume that they were correct. Let's presume for a second that their children were in fact possessed, right? And let's bring this into a contemporary situation, like for example, the zombie apocalypse. Okay, you know. Uh-huh. So if we if we in fact were going to go go through the zombie apocalypse, these are the kinds of people that you want on your side because <laughs> they they are willing they are willing to put their own children through immense pain and torture just to save the human race. I mean, that's that's pretty incredible. That's very true. I, whenever I watch that show, The Walking Dead, I always think, like, this guy is a total fucking asshole, but he rules in the fucking Walking Dead universe. And <laughs> and, and the reason why is because he's a total cutthroat. He's a total asshole. He doesn't care about anybody else. This is a perfect type of person that you would want in that type of situation. I'm here I'm here with you, Jake. I get it. I yeah. understand. It also occurs to me that they're really early adopters, right? I mean, that's what they are. <laughs> They're like, they're, the zombie apocalypse, the rest of us take a few minutes. We're like, really? Zombies? I don't know if that's... Uh, by then, our fucking brains are eating. These motherfuckers are ready to go. Somebody's like, hey, I think there's zombies. Boom. The shotguns go off. Yeah, exactly. You have to say the word. Exactly. They were, they were right there, ready to do it. And uh, the other thing that I, that I wanted to say about this is, um, you know, I think a lot of parents are going to be watching what happens here in this case. Because if you read this story, they, they were in the car... Uh, traveling long distance for some time. And uh, I don't know whether you guys have any kids, but if you've ever done a long road trip with children, uh, you know, and they start doing the whole, uh, uh, Dad, uh, Riley's on my side. Uh, Can you tell her to stop looking at me? Um, You know, that sort of stuff. Like after at least, you know, 20 minutes, you want to tie them up, shove a gag in their mouth, and uh, blindfold them. So <laughs> I, I think there are a lot of parents who are going to be watching this case very intently, just in case they happen to be acquitted, in which case this might actually be a viable defense in the future for why you bound and gagged your children while on Exhausted a long road trip. parents breathe sigh of relief as... <laughs> Yeah, Walmart uh, <laughs> exonerated. And you know the the thing is, is that a, that a, that a roll of duct tape is way cheaper than those in fucking car DVD so players. True. So true. So so much cheaper. So true. So the frugal so family true. can still have a quiet vacation. And that's how they should be marketing duct tape from now on. <laughs> <Duct tape. laughs> 
Now, you just said you're a parent, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So how many times have you hogtied your demon children? Well, zero at this stage. <laughs> uh, but, you know... You just, you just never know, Tom. You just never know, Cecil. You just never know what, you know, what situation they're going to put you in and how you're going to need to react. Yeah. Look, I mean, in all seriousness, I, I don't know how to react to this news story. I mean, it's it's one of those things where you know people have magical thinking and they're they're prone to thinking in these sorts of ridiculous ways. So I thought, why the hell not think in equally ridiculous ways? But uh, they they're just abhorrent parents they really should not have one child let alone five the five that they have it's ridiculous it's just proof again that certain people should never reproduce ever that's god's problem he made it too fucking easy you know what i mean it's just too easy to bang a kid out you know now i read in this article it says i'm going to read directly from it it says the younger siblings had been tied up because the family believed that demons had overtaken their bodies. He yes. said the child told him that the duct tape was placed over their eyes to protect them from demons. Now, as near as I could tell, the children were already infected with the demon. Yeah. So yes. the, the tape over the eyes is really just there to pull off their eyebrows. Like, that's oh, no, no, the no, only thing. Well, you know, if you've got demons, the last thing you want is more demons. <laughs> yeah, no, the, listen, Cecil, the man has a point because it's I'll have true. you know, it's only two out of the five kids. That these these two kids that were duct taped, they were an object lesson. Oh yeah, yeah. Right? Oh, you know, <laughs> don't you motherfucking get possessed by demons? You see what happened lesson. to the little one over there? Huh? Oh, that's awesome. Demons. You want demons too? No, I didn't fucking think so. Sit down, shut up, and drink your juice box. <laughs> If your child is hyperactive, you know, for whatever reason, they're, they're jumping off the walls and, and whatever it happens, happens to be, and then you give them sugar, you know, it's that sort of thing. You know, you, the last thing that you want to do is have them, you know, give them more demons because they, they're just they're going to flip out. They're going to end up tearing your eyeballs out or something like that. I don't know. I think I thought they, what they were saying is that they were covering the children's eyes so that the, the demons didn't transport into the parents' Oh, I thought they were that's protecting what that themselves was. from the demons. Know, just, the, I get it. I the, see. The news story wasn't, you know, it was a little bit awkwardly written. No, not yeah. from the star.com. Take uh, that back, Jake. I know. <laughs> they, they must have an intern writing it today or something. Well, the headline tells you the whole fucking story. Like, whoever <laughs> fucking wrote that headline needs to go back to headline writing journalism <laughs> school. Dot fucking org. Because they're awful. What, what else? The other thing that occurred to me is, you know, you've got... The two of them that were, you know, taped up in the demon tape, because demons can't penetrate tape. No, no. Tape uh, is powerless against duct tape. As we all know. It's like they're kryptonite, which is fortunate now, but for all those thousands of years when there was no duct tape, the demons were fucking having at it. Oh, yeah. No, they were just using, back then they were using ducks, just ducks. (laughs) 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 Just wrapping ducks around (laughs) <laughs> Somebody's walking down a fucking dirty ass goddamn street in like uh, fucking thirteen oh five. Like, what's with Joe? Uh, what do you mean? He's covered in ducks. Oh, demons! Oh, right. uh, demons again, huh? Yeah. Oh, that shit's a bitch. Yeah. Okay, you, you ready for a really poor pun? Oh, oh yes. I don't know. So, I don't know. Uh, he needed to go see a quack. Oh, we're moving on. I think this. I think that's a clear fucking. That's a clear 
clear indicator that we need to move on. <laughs> but we're going to have Jake back at the end of the show. Uh, until then, we're going to torture him and, uh, and I don't know, probably just torture him. I don't think I really need any information on him. I just want to torture him because I'm American. So I'm down yeah. with torture. I am so, yeah. oh yeah. my goodness. I've been reading Fifty Shades of Grey. I got to tell you, I'm so ready. <laughs> well, I, I thought that the that the point of the church was to worship God, and the boy fucking was just incidental. No, it's just the other way around. The point of the church is the boy fucking. All the other stuff is just busy work. So Cecil, as I've mentioned previously on this show, I am a fat guy. Right. And I have considered doing the couch to 5K before. Right. But the 5K, couch to 5K thing involves, uh, you know, running right. five you gotta kilometers. Right, got to go five kilometers. So that's, you know, instead I just got a pizza. Right. Um, it turns out I wasn't <laughs> properly motivated. Oh, yeah. What would have motivated you, Tom? This next story from OregonLive.com. Woodburn Priest chased boy down street after abuse. There is no way to read this and not immediately <laughs> think of how they caught Jeffrey Dahmer. Right, right. Right? Totally. You know, the... The, the, midnight on Sunday, um, a 12-year-old boy running down the street out of breath, begging for help with a man chasing him. And who is that man but a priest? I would like to feign surprise here, <laughs> but I cannot summon it. it. It it must be, I think, you know, we were talking last week about resumes and special skills. I have a feeling... <laughs> That when you apply to divinity school, they look under your special skills section. If it says pedophile, they're like, this guy's in. This guy's in. No problems. He gets right to – like it's, it's like affirmative action for pedophiles. Like they immediately <laughs> get, a, they immediately get a, uh, accepted. In all seriousness though, Tom, I think one of the things that attracts the pedophiles to the priesthood is the fact that they can and do get away with it. And I think that they have seen the people that grow up this way and, and realize that they have something in their head that's a little – they think they <laughs> right. think to themselves, how can I do this and get away with it? And the Catholic Church and other churches have created a culture of, uh, of basically get-out-of-jail-free cards for these people. And they have created it with, through their own doing. They've created this monster. And so I think in some ways that might attract people to that calling because they can see, you know, this is a place where if I do it, I'm not standing by myself. I'm not, you know, just some creep. I'm a priest. I got cred and I've also got a big fucking bankroll behind me to get out of jail. Yeah, and you've got massive opportunity. You know, what are the things a pedophile needs in order to, to, to be a pedophile, right? One of the things they have to do is they have to establish trust with children. Right. Because it's, you know, if, if you know, John Doe down the street wants to be, you know, or I shouldn't say wants to be, is a pedophile. Right. I doubt anybody wants yeah, no, to be yeah. a pedophile. So allow me to clarify. You don't take the me. online course is what you're right. saying. You're not like, oh, yeah. man. I really you need to go to a training. Be? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I want to go down a water slide or be a pedophile. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, not sure, sure which one I want to do today. Which of the two yeah. that I'm looking to do at the moment. But. Yeah, so you know, if the guy down the street's a pedophile, he's—I he, mean—he's got to have victims, right? He's got to have people to. And it, how much contact is he going to have with children of an age that he wants to seduce, right? Or abuse, or whatever? You know, probably not too much. But if you're a priest, man, you're just like—that's the jackpot, man. That's that's fucking Captain Fantastic for you. 
I have to point out, I would be fucking remiss if I didn't point out two of my favorite things from this creepy as fuck article. First of all, it's Father Angel. Yeah. <laughs> which And I hell, mean, thank you very and much. And hell, Perez, <laughs> right. But still, you know, when you put that down on paper, it's Father it's Angel, Angel, which yeah. fucking bravo. Yeah, oh yeah. You know, bravo. I also uh, have to laugh that it says, uh, one of the comments, it was like someone running from a ghost. And immediately I read that and think, a holy ghost? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a, it is a creepy article. It reads like something out of fucking the wrong turn movie. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's really crazy where he's just like, he, he's, he gets the kid drunk with a beer and then he starts diddling him and he, the kid's woken up by the flash on the camera. So he's obviously taking pictures, engaging in child pornography at that point. Um, Really fucking creepy shit. And, and like I said earlier, the reason why they go to, um, you know, to reiterate, another reason why they go is because the Catholic Church covers that shit up. So there's a possibility that they can do it for years and years and years and years, and nobody's fucking the wiser because the Catholic Church quiets people down. There's that backlash from the community. Don't you fucking, don't you dare talk about our priests that way. That happens right. all the time. Right. Um, right. So you create this culture of covering it up. And this is this is what you sow. These are the fucking oats you sow when you create this. And it's all you're doing. You could have you could have come out strong against it initially. And I think you would not have the level of um pedophilia you do have that is that is in the priesthood. But it's it's a it's a fucking problem. And it's something that needs to be addressed, not covered up. And the current Pope obviously doesn't give two flying fucks about it. He's just like, whatever. Yeah, I, I think so too, right? It's, you know, anytime a new CEO comes into a company, you know, there's always a discussion about the corporate culture. Well, here you've got a corporate culture that hides yeah. abusers. Yep. You know, that's their corporate culture. And that's a real and significant thing. And a corporate culture is something in the in the work world that does attract people to positions. It does attract people to work at a company. You know, and to, to pretend that this is not part of the corporate culture is disingenuous at best. And to pretend that this is not... Um, something which might be attractive to people who are, you know, uh, uh, predators is, you know, just fucking flatly dishonest. You know, one thing in this article I have to point out is, is that the priest says, quote, I made a mistake. Yeah. No, you didn't make a no. mistake. That makes me angry. A mistake is when you're filling out a deposit slip and you do your fucking math wrong. Yeah. Right. That's a mistake. A mistake is, you know, you, you, you didn't check the time and you showed up late to the movies. Sure. Oh. I made a mistake. You accidentally a mistake. stapled two things together that should have been paper clipped. That's right. a mistake. That's a mistake. Yeah. A mistake is not, oh, I, I, I fucking lured a 12-year-old boy back to my house, uh, plied him with uh, alcohol, laid him down on a bed, waited till he fell asleep, then fucking pulled his pants down, touched his junk, and took pictures of him. That's not a mistake. That's a fucking Rube Goldberg mistake. Yeah, no kidding. No, that's a, it's, it's, it's a despicable, deplorable act. And, you, you know, the guy's saying, well, I was drunk and I made a mistake. And it's like, I don't care how drunk I've been in my life. I would never do that to somebody. You know, no, I don't care. Even no. if they were consenting adult, I wouldn't do that to somebody. That's just not something right. you do because right. you realize that you're invading someone else's, you know, privacy. You're invading, you're invading their space. You're, you're sexually abusing them without their knowledge. Like, that's a horrible thing to do to somebody who's of consenting age, let alone an innocent child that you've lured to your house, with, you know, with fucking 
um, with the the hopes of going camping. Right. Well, see, so you and I have known each other what, like sixteen years? Yeah. I've been drunk. You've been drunk during the course <laughs> of that time. Well, I've never gotten fresh, so to speak. Right. <laughs> but at no point were you like, "Oh man, I was so drunk, I turned into a sexual exactly. predator." That was so weird. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, like at worst, it was like, "Man, I was so drunk, I jumped in the swimming pool in my clothes." Yeah, or, man, yeah. that was. I was I was so drunk, I threw up. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was so drunk, I went to bed early. Yeah. But. <laughs> I was so drunk, I disappointed my wife. (laughs) (laughs) I do that sober. Yeah, you don't need alcohol for that. So we're going to take a quick break and give you all the information you need to get in touch with us on all the different methods that uh, that are available to you to get in touch with us. And we're going to return with an interview with Jake from the Imaginary Friends Show podcast about his book, Letters to Christian Leaders, Hallowed Be Thy Claims. Want to contact Cognitive Dissonance? Visit them on Facebook. You can find the link at the website dissonancepod.com or type it in the Facebook search bar. Be sure to follow the guys on Twitter. Their handle is at dissonance underscore pod. The guys also post to Google Plus now too, so check them out there. And if you'd like to email them, you can do so at dissonance.podcast at gmail.com. You can also leave a comment on the blog at their webpage or give them a call at 740-74-DOUBT. That's 740-743-6828. Long distance rates apply. And to everyone who listens, shares, retweets, or rates the show, Cognitive Dissonance would like to cordially thank you for all of your fucking support. So Cecil, this next story is from news.9msn.com.au. I'm exhausted (laughs) just thinking about that. Um, Anti-gay marriage rally labeled offensive. Sure. A, a, a gay rights group has labeled comments made at an anti-gay marriage rally. I can't even, like, my brain is just like, wait, an ant, an anti-gay marriage rally. What? I can't, what? Uh, as offensive and derogative after a speaker suggested that homosexual people only reproduce by molesting children. Clearly this person does not know how children are produced. <laughs> So I want to know like, how does this work? When they rape, like the store comes in with like a black diaper, it's holding the the kid in, and it's like one of those malfeasant kids that just like flies in. <laughs> like no, 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 that's one of the bad ones. The black stork brings it after you met. I guess that's what they're saying. I don't know. It's 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 so despicably stupid. Yeah. Like you can't. Like your brain tries to read. It. It's like wait, is that despicable or is it stupid? And like you just like ripped a fucking sunder. Right. Trying to figure out is this is this more hateful than it is stupid, or is it more stupid than it is hateful? It's a fucking peanut butter and chocolate of awful shit. Fucking they only reproduce by molesting children. What does that even mean? How would you how would you re, how would you molest a child and be like, oh, I fucking let's let's go back to the last story we just covered. What well, fucking that that dude molested a child? Did he just? Somehow reproduce? Was there another? Like, does he bud? I mean, like, what's the process? Well, you know, the thing that the thing I think would help them through this, you know, if if you know this guy says I'm convinced that homosexuals reproduce themselves by molesting children, you know, if you weren't so fucking dead set against abortion, you could just kill all those kids. <laughs> uh, it really is. It really is shockingly stupid. Um, one of the things I want to point out at the bottom says the National Marriage Council's or pardon me, the National Marriage Coalition's Peter Madden said that the rally was not about, and it's quotes, having a go at, a, at the poor homosexual, but putting 
family values first. And, I, you know, when I think about it, I think, you know, the reason a lot of people are making such a big deal out of this is they would actually really like to have a go at the poor homosexual, like in a different way, have a go at the poor right. homosexual. But really, when you say family values, what does that mean? What, what could that possibly mean? Because if your family values are discriminating and segregating a group of people, you know, then fuck your family values. But if it means having a strong sense of family and, you know, being successful at rearing children, you know, then you can't disclude gays from that. You can't, you know, if it's about family values, well, let's talk about family values. But it's not. It's about bigotry that you want to say is family values. You're fucking, you're basically just not advertising it correctly. Isn't that the most exhausting old canard to pull out too? like the family values fucking card? You know, Manson had a family. Right. Charles Manson had a fucking family. <laughs> An awesome family. Family doesn't mean I I've, I love my family, you know. Uh, but family doesn't mean shit. Um, it, it, in and of itself. A family doesn't necessarily mean that you are, a, you know, an ethical or moral unit as a group or that any individual within that group is going to behave ethically or morally. So, and and the idea that there is even such a thing as family values. Well, let's you know, I'm, I'm here for good old family values. Really? Which family? Because family values are fucking incredibly malleable. And they change, you know, culturally. They change regionally. They change from fucking house to house. If you were to fucking take a poll and walking down the street and ask people to, you know, have a real and honest discussion of their family values, you couldn't walk through one neighborhood in the United States or, or any country with any amount of diversity and and say, you know, okay, I interviewed a hundred houses in any community and I found, you know, these things are all identical. It's just not a thing. Like that's not a fucking thing. And at no point does bigotry defend a value. Like what what value is that? It's not a value. That's a fucking hate filled diatribe of nonsense. A man doesn't want to take on the United Nations, and, and, and this woman's got all these various children and a blended family. I mean, what is it? And uh, you don't know what problems are. I'm, I'm serious. I, I, I've got a dear friend, adopted some little kid from an orphanage down in Columbia. Child had brain damage. You know, grew up weird. And you just never know what's been done to a child before you get that child. What kind of sexual abuse it's been, what kind of cruelty, what kind of food deprivation, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So you're not a dog because you don't want to take on that responsibility. You don't have to take on somebody else's problems. I mean, you really don't. You can go help people. You can minister to people. We minister to orphans all over the world, thousands of them. We love orphans. We love helping people. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to take all the orphans around the world into my home. And Cecil, speaking of hate-filled diatribes <laughs> of nonsense, uh, sometimes the segues write themselves. This story is from The Raw Story. Pat Robertson, don't adopt sexually abused children that could grow up weird. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Pat Robertson is low-hanging fruit. He really like, is. I get he that. Really and is. I know, I think we talked about him just a week or two ago. But sometimes this guy says some shit that is so fantastically crazy right. that he's he, he simply must not be ignored on this show. Um, you know, what he's saying, he gets he basically gets a letter from a woman who wanted to know why men stopped dating her when they learned that she had adopted three daughters from three different countries. And and the and the men the were answer, the, now to be clear the men were 
cool until she says that. Like, three daughters is fine. Then they find out, because that's how they, she specifically wrote the letter, was like, then they find out they're from three different countries, and then it's a big deal, and they leave. Right, and listen to how hateful this shit is. Robertson says, a man doesn't want to take on the United Nations. Oh. And this woman's got all these various children and a blended family. What is it? For fuck's sake, really? In 2012, you're going to look at it and say, like, a man doesn't want to take on the United Nations. You, as a woman who's adopted, who's who's opened up your heart and your your purse strings and your fucking family and your life to children from different cultures because they fucking need a home. This woman should be fucking celebrated and applauded by anybody. No kidding. You know, and to say, like, that makes her less desirable as a mate because she's a good fucking human being. Do you know how impressed I would be if I was learned if I was in the dating scene and I was like, so, you know, tell me about yourself. She's like, well, fucking I'm an incredibly selfless, giving person. Like, oh, wow. That's awesome. That's something I'm I'm interested in. (laughs) Because I'm a taker. That's what I I just take. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna match up gonna very match well. Up well. Because, um, yeah. yeah, I understand somebody not marrying into the Brady bunch. I get that, right? Like you're like, hey man, fucking, you got three kids. I didn't. I don't want to be. I get that. Oh but, sure. You know, somebody. The way he says it, he's like the way the questions worded isn't that. It's not about you know you're you're going to be dating or marrying into three kids. It's that these three kids are from orphanages in other parts of the world. And he specifically says at at the bottom of that, which he read, he says a man doesn't want to take on the United Nations, which is a shitty, lowly, fucking despicable Ugh. comment to say. Yep. And then he says, and this woman's got all these various children and and blended family. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? fucking douchebag and then he's like what is it well let me fucking clue you in crypt keeper it's a fucking family (laughs) that's what it is it's a family it's a loving family and he says you know he even says in this thing he says and part of this he's like we love orphans oh we love orphans and it's like yeah you love orphans not enough to give them a home but you right. love enough, love them enough to minister to them, to take photos of them, so people could send more money. You love them so you know that you could you could show people how fucking caring you are. But you don't love them enough to fucking bring them home. That because that's what he fucking says in this video. He's like, I don't, I can't put them all. I don't take them all home. And it's like, yeah, dude, you know, I get what you're saying. What you're saying is we can make a lot of money off these fucking orphans, yep. but we don't fucking care enough to fucking what happens to them. We don't give a fuck. Yeah. At the end of the day, let the poor and brown stay poor fucking and brown. A. And if somebody wants to adopt them, well, I mean, brown with brown and white with yeah, white. I mean, that's. You don't want a blended go- family, Tom. Right. Yeah. You wouldn't want to have a family that's blended culturally because, you know, you wouldn't want to in- endorse the idea of a fucking diverse no, nation of no. peoples. Orphans. Will it blend? Asshole. <laughs> And then what about his comment below where he's like, you just never know what's been done to a child before you get that child. It, it, basically saying like, well, you don't want fucking damaged goods. Yeah. What kind of sexual abuse? What kind of cre- cruelty? What kind of food deprivation? Et cetera, et cetera. So, so in this guy's view, as a religious and moral leader, he's basically saying like, well, I mean, fuck them. Yeah. If kids, if kids have had a hard go... They're damaged, and that's not your fucking responsibility, so just leave them to rot. What an awful thing to – I mean, really, basically what you're saying is orphans are great in orphanages. Orphans are not great in your home. That's what you're saying, and it's fucking – it's ludicrous. You know, the the most – if you're fucking going to go on about being Christ-like, if that's fucking what you want to do, 
you can't look at this and say this is Christ-like because if it were Christ-like, what I think Christ would do, and I'm not a biblical scholar, but you know, from reading the Gospels, I would think that Christ would want to help the people that are the most underprivileged. That's sort of what you see in Christ. Um, this is not it. This is not Christ-like. This is a fucking completely, I think at this point, a senile old man who for a lot of years lied to himself and to other people and now finally has the filters blown off from his senility. I think so too. He, he cannot hide his true feelings at this point, you know, and even he even acknowledges it. You know, he says, uh, you know, we got to stop yeah, here. I'm in trouble. The next question. I'm in yeah, trouble. You're in fucking trouble. All right. Yeah, because you're a fucking despicable God. human being. I just, for fuck's sake, when are you going to no die? No kidding. He's already a fucking mummy. Like, you look at that he guy. He's got so... sunken ass eyes. You could nearly see the back of his skull with through his eyes. I'll tell you this much, Cecil. I wouldn't spend 35 cents a day to keep him no. alive. <laughs> Fucker. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. So Cecil, we just got back from vacation, and I, for one, am bummed. Yeah. Um, on my vacation, I went to a couple of tourist attractions. I did miss the Hezbollah theme park. <laughs> this is an article from Daily Mail. Um, this shit is spectacularly weird. Um, Lebanese militant group Hezbollah has put up a multi-million pound theme park to indoctrinate children about the glory of martyrdom against Israel. Um, first of all, it looks like a fucking apocalyptic it skate park. It totally does. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know how this cost uh, m- many millions of pounds. All of the attractions just look like rubble. They totally do. <laughs> Everything looks specifically like it was blown up. It's awesome. It's like, couldn't you get cheaper rubble? Don't you know to go to the discount no rubble kidding, store? Right? I mean, like, it does look like it's this designer it, rubble. It looks it's like, like Rubbleopolis. <laughs> it's awesome. Look at that. It's fucking great too because like the whole outer rim of this thing is just charred remains of like tanks and and it's just fucking completely everything's fallen over or blown up. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> like, you know, you live in a culture that celebrates this. Like consider that. Just consider it for a second. You know, there's lots of places you can go, I think, that would be, you know, a memorial in a way to certain things. This feels like a celebration more than a memorial. Oh, yeah, it, 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 it totally does. I see. So my favorite picture on this thing, I have to just point this out, is the tank. Yeah. That had the, the turret tied in and right. out like fucking Bugs totally. Bunny and Elmer Fudd. Like, who's going to see? It looks so comical. It, does. it looks hilarious it's a it's a fucking tank turret tied in a knot yeah. that's I, how are you supposed to see this thing and not laugh and the idea too that like this is i mean like you said this is what your culture celebrates yeah. like hey you know what's really good murder and violence i'm really a big fan hey let's let's take the kids over to the murder and violence fucking theme no park. kidding right well you know this tank thing you're pointing it out this tank thing, there's an actual giant-sized one that's a water slide across the way from it. 
So it's <laughs> you just go down the big water slide and you come out in the tank. So that's that's why they have it there. It's a model. This uh this this place is the bleakest <laughs> fucking theme park. It's like the zombie apocalypse theme park. <laughs> you know, for a long time I thought, you know, Disney was pretty aggressive. Right. You know, yeah. uh, at least they don't have just fucking rubble. Yeah. <laughs> it's just I've been to some fucking awful goddamn theme right. parks in my life. Like I've been to some fucking you know, you show up and you're like, oh, you know, I wanted to do that, like, quirky, off-the-beaten-path sort of tourist thing. But to just show up and be like, oh, honey, look at all the rubble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is totally off-the-beaten-path. And, you know, you, what are your souvenirs? Like, grenade pins? Like, is that what they're right. <laughs> It's like, oh, kids, you got to make sure you leave. You got to get your grenade pin. It's it, Oh, hey, where do we get a drink? Oh, it's in Debris Canyon. Yeah, yeah they got... They, <laughs> They got some great souvenir mugs. Yeah. They they serve all the beverages in fucking human yeah. skulls. So <laughs> a nice little handle on there, a little cozy for your human skull. <laughs> <laughs> it, the, yeah, like a cozy for that is just a yeah. hat. <laughs> <laughs> a foam hat. That's awesome. God has no place within these walls. Just like facts have no place with an organized religion. Uh, Eastern High School bringing the Bible to the classroom. Um, this is fucking just wrong. So this story uh, revolves around a uh, history topics class at Eastern High School. It soon include a lesson on what the Bible says about creation. And this is basically being snuck through. And there's, there's really no other right. way to put this. Um, as a sort of like, well, it's just kind of a history of ideas. It's about the Bible and its influence. And, How can uh, you deny that the Bible didn't influence people? Right. Oh man. I mean, you can't you can't pretend it didn't influence people. So let's have a whole fucking class mm-hmm. dedicated to you know fucking superstition and mythology and bullshit, run by a guy who so clearly has an agenda that even as he tries to sell you the idea that he doesn't have an agenda, he cannot help himself. But spout the agenda. At one point, the superintendent of the school says, you can't ever go wrong with good character education. There's a lot of good lessons in the Bible, like the Ten Commandments. And, you know, let me just burn through the Ten Commandments here. You must not have any other gods bef- uh, gods but me. You must not take uh, make yourself an idol. I don't know if that applies to American Idol or not, but you can't make yourself an idol. You cannot misuse the name of the Lord in vain. Uh, you have to remember the Sabbath day, honor the mother and their father. Okay, so like the first five, like what does that do for a young person? Like misuse Lord, Lord, uh, the Lord's name. Like you can't use his name in vain. Like how does that build character in someone? What does that do for somebody? You can't have other gods. What if they're not fucking religious? What does that do for them? Like the first five are throwaway commandments. Well, I mean, only if you stop and read them. And the last yeah, ones, I mean, if, you must not murder, you must not commit adultery, you must not steal. Sure, six, seven, and eight, okay, that's fine. Um, you you can't falsely testify against your neighbor. I'll I'll admit that too. But again, I feel like you know committing adultery is pretty much the same thing as number nine. It's like you're basically lying in both chances. You're basically you know doing uh, you're basically taking advantage of somebody else. And then the final one, it's like you can't covet. What is high school about if you can't covet other people's shit? <laughs> I mean, isn't capitalism based on coveting? Exactly. It, it, capitalism only works if somebody's got a, a station in life or a thing or a, an opportunity or an education or an, a, 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 a travel or something that you want. 
Somebody has to have the thing you want in order for you to be like, I want the thing. Right. I'm going to buy the thing. So it's it's fucking anathema to to American values. It's it's, it's anathema to to standard, you know, fucking jerking off of capitalism that's part of the, you know, flag-wearing bullshit that's constant. I mean, you've got ten commandments. At least six of them are utter nonsense. Three of them are so basic that my five-year-old atheist could come up with them on his own. Right. Nonsense. And this is the same guy who says, you know, there's a fine line between teaching about the Bible and preaching it. This this same guy uh, writes a uh, uh, religious column. Um, one of them was titled, Just Dumb. Mom demands which books at school to balance Bibles. In it, he says... If you think for a second that we're going to put your little spell book on par with the Bible and say it's just as good, just as meaningful, just as important and vital in raising kids and sustaining our way of life here in America, you're a lunatic. Right. This is your impartial teacher. No, it's totally true, Tom. And, and you know, we've said this before many times, but what would happen if if they were teaching okay so you're you're going to go against and say okay no spell books whatever. Okay, fine. I think that's pushing it. I think, though, it's perfectly valid to say, let's look at the Quran. Let's put the Quran in, in the same exact crosshairs that the Bible's in and say, okay, it was an influential book because you can't deny that it wasn't an influential book for a lot of the world. You could do the same thing with Hinduism, with a book from their culture. Confucianism, you could do the same thing with a book from there. Buddhism, same thing there. There's a lot of people in those religions. Those aren't just flash in the pan. Those aren't tiny religions. Those aren't... Um, those aren't the exceptions where you're talking about spells and shit. We're talking about real religions with millions or billions of followers. So you have to look at those in the exact same light. And if you're if you're the person to say, well, the Bible has special precedence, you're an asshole. You fucking do not understand how things work. Because if we're going to choose to teach religion in schools, we can't pick and choose. We can't. It's just that's the way the country was made to not have a favored religion. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! So see, so this story is from Gawker.com. Um, this one is just is just silly. It's just fucking silly. Um, this is a uh, story about, um, the title is PR Dummies. One good chiropractor could have stopped the Batman massacre. As unbelievable as it may be, um, the, the, the massacre in Aurora, Colorado... Um, the, the, the cold-blooded fucking murder and injury of dozens of people is being used as a fucking advertising ploy for chiropractic. Right. And let me, let me read just a brief part of this sure, before sure. I let you loose. Uh, moviegoers beware. The person sitting next to you could be subluxated. <laughs> Cutting them off. I know, right? <laughs> What if he's constipated? Is that right. as bad? Right. Uh, or irritated. Yeah. <laughs> irritated bowel. <laughs> <laughs> what if he just had some olean and he's shitting himself? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the person sitting next to you could you – know, uh, uh, really? This is what you've chosen to use to, to try to sell your company? You what, – what PR person, what PR professional would say – you know, we want to we associate your company with something. You know, we're going to plant that association. 
What about a very recent mass murder still fresh in the minds of American people? I love this part of this. I love this part of this. And this is a long, if you want to get a laugh, go click on this article on our page, dissonancepod.com, and click and just read. It's, it's a gawker article, but they quote this entire like PR flyer thing. I'm just going to read a small portion here. It says, and they're talking about, you know, people are on medications and their brains all screwed up and people who have sub, sublux, is it sublux or is subluz? What is it? Subluxated. Subluxated. Yeah. People who have subluxated spines are getting screwed up messages in their brains. They take medication because the messages can't even run in their bodies anymore. Does that mean everyone is, everyone taking medication is going to go all Batman movie on someone? What the fuck does that even mean? Somebody's going to go all Batman movie on someone? I can't even figure out what that means. I've run that through the chiropractic (laughs) translator, and it comes out blank every time. I cannot decipher it. uh, You know, to use the Batman massacre... As a verb, like going postal, but it's but it's talking about the movie. I like know. It's, they're not but, saying the massacre. They and, just said go all Batman movie. Like which one are you going all Batman Begins on him, or are you going with the bad <laughs> one with the Dark Knight? Like which one are you doing? I'm actually going Batman like the 1970s oh, television show. Yeah, fucking Adam West style. That's right. the way oh, you do that's, it. That's oh, hard. Yeah. He he says later, don't let anyone else go all Batman out there. Bring them to it. <laughs> So don't let anyone else be kind of a kick-ass vigilante. No, don't do that. I was kind of a quasi-superhuman. <laughs> That's yeah. Like, like all of a sudden you're gonna be like, oh man, my kid. I gotta take him to a chiropractor. Why? He's been inventing awesome weapons. <laughs> what? <laughs> He's plotting my death so he can be Batman. Uh, you know I, what this article really is about. What this what this flyer is really about is what they're saying is is that um, these people that commit these mass murders can't feel anymore is what their argument is. Right. They can't feel their bodies. They can't feel the environment they're in. And so they become detached. At least that's, you know, from the fucking babble, that's what I garnered from it. I don't know if that's fucking accurate, but that's what this dipshit I think is saying. They're saying, um, I, uh, the person is, is detached from reality, detached from other people. And they go on these killing sprees. You know, what I wonder is, is somebody sitting there reading this and going, you know what? I was really considering a fucking shooting spree this weekend. <laughs> I was, I had my guns loaded. I had my bulletproof vest, my fucking tactical helmet. I was going to go shoot up a fucking Baskin Robbins. I was ready to go. A Baskin Robbins? <laughs> 31 flavors of death, motherfuckers. <laughs> but I decided to go to the chiropractor and it fixed me. Like... I, I, you know, it's hard to wrap your brain around, but you feel like, you know, you're you're profiteering off this tragedy and using this tragedy as an example. And I don't even think the example even fits the normal person. Well, no, because most people don't go to a chiropractor and the vast majority of people don't commit mass murder, don't feel detached, are able to feel emotions and connections with other people. It's not like there's some relationship that's ever been, you know, established between this fake subluxation nonsense and psychopathy. Right. You know, that's and how incredibly insensitive to to the to the victims and families to just start using this as a marketing ploy. No kidding. Can you imagine reading this article or reading this this advertisement, you know, like your 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 wife or your child or your husband or whatever, you know, is fucking dead. Dead. You fucking buried them recently. You got a hole in your life where that person used to be. 
and you see some fucking cynical-ass motherfucker turned that into an opportunity to make jokes about yeah. going all Batman... So we're back. Uh, we have Jake from the Imaginary Friends Show podcast, as well as the author of Letters to Christian Leaders. Uh, now, Jake, we, we had you on last time, and we barely skimmed over. We talked about your podcast extensively, mm. how it's kind of a pale comparison to our podcast. And yes. how, you know, it's, it's, oh, my it, goodness, it, yes. <laughs> it tries. It tries. It does try. We glossed over the fact that you had a book because, you know, we just got off, you know, just got to fucking talking and we didn't really mm. talk about this wonderful book you have written. Um, and we wanted to talk about it today. Uh, tell our listeners quickly about the book uh, in general and then we're going to get into some more in-depth questions. Okay. Well, uh, so, so basically what I did in the book was I took 12 Christian leaders uh, I took a speech or a, an address that they'd uh, that they'd given, or a um, a post that they'd written, a letter or something like that. I'd taken something that they had done, put out there into the wide world, and I'd I'd addressed the specific claims using fact and science and logic and truth, all of those things that they seem to and really sarcasm. abhor. And a little, yeah, just a little bit of sarcasm. <laughs> just uh, a touch. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I was, I was review. I had a, a rather scathing review a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and uh, if you read the back of the, the, the book, it says that I used a dash of toilet humor and the, um, the reviewer said, not only did he use a dash of toilet humor, but he dumped the entire toilet on it. <laughs> well, bravo. That's how you got to do it. Um, Damn straight. So, so what made you write it? Why did you write it? Well, okay, so I, was, I used to be a Christian. I, I was uh, quite heavily entrenched for the first 20-odd years of my life in, in um, Catholicism and, and, and later in evangelical Christianity. And... What I missed out on, I think, throughout a lot of my adult uh, or throughout a lot of my teenage years and, and certainly through my formative years was somebody to be there to counter the claims that priests and pastors and religious teachers around me made. You know, I, I remember being a really receptive child. I remember sitting there in religion class and, and being told, you know, evolution isn't true, for example, and then going to science class and then learning about you know, evolution, uh, you know, being told that the world is 7,000 years old and then going to, you know, science class again and, and learning, in fact, that it's a few billion years old. So I had all of this uh, cognitive dissonance, as it, as it, as it were, Ooh. and didn't, you know, didn't know how to filter one from the other because, I, you know, I, I was being taught these two different things and didn't know which way to go. Unfortunately, for whatever reason, I went the religious way and it took me a really long time to is a very painful process for a lot of people to lose their religion, and certainly it was for me. So that's basically the reason why I wrote it was to people like me, uh, and certainly to atheists around there who want some fodder to, to to work on with religious people. But for people like me who basically, you know, needed a few of the answers, you know, who had heard the same claims that I had heard and needed to see the truth. But in a lighthearted way that was easy to digest, if you know what I mean. Well, so I got a quick question for you, Jake. Sure. I, your your book is written 
Now, our, our listeners may have uh, surmised at this point that uh, Jake is from Australia. No. And this book has this, uh, you know, it's a letters written primarily to uh, leaders of, you know, American politicians and, you know, folks that are... And I mean, nobody pays attention to Australia, so I understand that's why I didn't focus on Australia, right? I mean, come on, because look, you want to sell a book, right? And nobody's going to buy a book if it's based on a bunch of Australian politics. Do you guys even have politics? I don't know. But of, of course we do. Of course we do. <laughs> well, it was just all it's, kangaroos. It's pretty. It's, I don't pretty know. it's actually pretty. Yeah, that's right. It's pretty terrible at the moment, but. Uh, we, we do terrible. have a few that's politicians. That's how they carry around their legislation. They just keep it in that little that's pocket. That's how we travel. And that is how we travel. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, uh, why, uh, you, you did obviously focus on American politics and American yeah. leaders. Um, what chose? Why, why did you, as an Australian, chose choose to uh, focus um, on Australia, uh, American politics and American leaders when you put this book together? Uh, well, uh, probably a couple of reasons. First and foremost. In Australia, religion isn't as much of a bastion as it is in America. So, as I said, I wanted to help people that were like me, uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they were in Australia because, you know, in all truth, the the, the level of uh, religiosity in Australia is, is far lower than it is in the US. Uh, actually, in pretty much every country throughout the world, it's lower <laughs> than it is in the US. <laughs> Uh, what are you so, saying, Jake? <laughs> <laughs> so, so basically, I was, I was, you know, again trying to help people like me, but again, who weren't necessarily in the US. Secondary to that, uh, as I said, my my wife is American. Um, one of my children is American, and I, I would like to be able to go back there and and to spend a lot more time there in the future. Uh, and you know, I, I thought if I do a little bit of groundwork first, you know, start things rolling. I thought that my book, in fact, could be the game changer. <laughs> I thought, you know, Barack process. Obama might pick up my my book, and yeah. you know, suddenly realize, oh my goodness, all of this stuff is bullshit. <laughs> and, uh, and and in fact, just lose his religion. And you know, look, Mitt Romney might pick it up also, and you know, lose his Mormonism. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's very likely. Realistic yeah. things. Yeah, realistic right. goals. Yeah. yeah that Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's why I sent a copy to Barack Obama. Yeah. <laughs> I'm no longer allowed in the US. But that's, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Which you said you wrote this book because, <clears throat> because it, it's sort of getting something off your chest. Growing up uh, with the sort of dissonance that you had, you wanted to sort of get this off your chest. Which letter you think in the book? reflects this the most in a way like which is your favorite one that you had written you know a lot of people have asked me that question i'm not sure i can answer it um the the one to the uh the head of the christian uh not christian lobby the christian coalition of america the Mm -hmm. roberta coombs one Mm -hmm. was certainly uh it was the first one that i wrote and it was the most visceral i think uh, it was the most vivid, and I think there's probably some imagery in there that I would like to write out in the future. Um, <laughs> but, you know, basically that that one, I think, because it, it covers such a wide range of sub- subjects that I'm passionate about, you know, she's she's quite anti-gay, she's quite anti-contraception, anti-abortion or anti-choice, you know, she's, she's quite anti a lot of things that I'm, you know, actively involved in, um, you know, trying to make available. Um, so... In that way, she was one of the one of the favourites, and that's probably because she was one of the first. You know, 
secondary to that, there was uh, somebody from uh, the Institute for Creation Research, Georgia, Doctor Georgia Perdum. She was one of she was also one of my favorites because she is a geneticist. She's a geneticist who works in creation research, and and I found it really hard to get my head around how the fuck long lunch you breaks. Could. Like That's- she has a PhD. She has a PhD in genetics. She has a PhD, which is what at least nine years of study. She yeah. has been studying biology and genetics in order to see effectively the interrelationships between this organism and that organism. So she has a unique understanding of how we are all interrelated, and yet we all descend from each other. And yet she's she's got this ridiculous view of intelligent design and creationism. That one I found the weirdest to write, but I also found the most entertaining. I think I probably got the most out of it. But uh, to answer your question, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> <enough>. <laughs> so uh, did you mail any of these letters? Uh, no, I, I mailed all of the, the people who were in the book. I mailed all of them uh, a copy of the book so that oh. they could get some context, so that they know, so that they knew that it wasn't just me targeting them specifically, so that they understood that I was targeting a whole bunch of... I didn't want them to feel as though they were being, you know, intentionally targeted for all of the ridiculous, horribly damaging bullshit that they were saying. Oh. Yeah, you wouldn't want anyone to get the wrong impression. Yeah, no. Mm. no. Yeah. yeah, I know. That's, it's terrible stuff. How did but, Kirk uh, Cameron respond? Well, he didn't. None of them have responded. <laughs> oh, that's shocking. I'm shocked. <laughs> I'm, I'm shocked, too. I, I thought it would be it. a point-by-point refutation of your, of, your, uh, of your book, you know, of your letters. Just, I receive no, huh? his, uh, their, whatever they call it, the Living Waters publication that they send out every week, he and, and uh, Mustache Man. And <laughs> mustache. Exactly. I love that well guy. Well said. I love that. I love that guy. Um, I abhor him. Um, but <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's just a generally horribly uh, Don't horrible equivocate, Jake. Yeah. How do you really feel yeah. about it? You, know? oh, you can tell us. I, ref- I refuse here. to equivocate. equivocate. He's, a, he's, a, he's a terrible human being. But, uh, you know, I, I, re- I read his newsletter every week that, that they send out. And they regularly put out very long newsletters on just ridiculous shit, just... You know, pointless stuff. Like he walks into the the, the letter that I took up of his um, in the book was, you know, he's gone to a university and he's he's started street preaching and he's talking to these young liberal uh, men and women who have you know liberal views about life and the world and everything, etc. And they're not accepting his bullshit. In fact, they're standing up to him and countering just about everything that he says. Right. And he's saying that they're bad for doing that. And that's pretty much what he sends out every week. And I really had hoped that he would uh, pick up my book and uh, and refute me. But for whatever reason, they just haven't taken the time to do so. Yeah, I'm calling so- you out, Kurt. I'm calling you out. <laughs> he listens. He's a big fan of the show. He rated heard, us on iTunes I've this week. That. So. I've heard that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he rated us this week. So we're big fans of his. We know, we, we, he comes over for barbecues on occasion, you know, because we're, yes. you know, all of us in the States are buddy buddy. That's just, yeah, I mean, actually, everybody likes on, each Kurt, other. I've heard that. I'll be with you in just a minute, Kurt. I'm recording. <laughs> Hang on. Now. Just settle just, down. Just, 
Just get the lube ready. Yeah. Okay. I'll be. I'll be. Hey, he's in the corner. down. He's Put eating a banana right down. now as we speak. He's got this banana in his hand. He can't get it out of his hand. So you, I, you, you mentioned in your in your review, you got a review about a little bit of toilet humor, and they said they dumped the whole toilet on it. Let's talk a little <laughs> bit about the tone of the book. Um, yeah. Did you start out with the intent of having that tone, or did the research sort of like poison you? And you read these things and you were just so ticked off at all these different things that you couldn't help but put these these sarcastic and snide uh, comments in. Well, it, that's kind of a difficult question to answer. Um, the I, I think when I started off writing the book, I really wanted to write something that was informative and easy to read okay. and, and just leave it at that. But when... When you entrench yourself in these in these letters, and you know you really try to dissect them and find out what these people mean, you know what the implications of what they're saying means, you really get a sense for the the vitriol and disgusting uh, natures of these of you know generally of these people, and I felt. I think as I was writing the letters, I, I and you know reading their letters, reading their their statements. I found it very hard not to be snide and not to insert my own vitriol as a counter to their own, you know, in a way sort of fighting fire with fire because a lot of what they say has really, really dangerous implications. You know, a lot of these people have enormous, enormous influence throughout the United States and, in in fact, throughout the world. So the the influence that they have can impact people's lives you know we know this we know certainly people in the in the gay community are dying they're committing suicide because of you know in many cases because of a religious upbringing because of religious parentage um and, and that's terrible stuff and to perpetuate that stuff is just so bad so I, I felt that it was in fact important to insert some vitriol to make them understand that we are just as vehement as they are, except a little bit more informed. Well, a lot more informed. Yeah, a lot more informed and a lot more <laughs> sweary, I think, is the other thing. <laughs> so when you were collecting these things, uh, these letters and these things that you were going to rebut in your book... Uh, yeah. Was there just like a deluge of stuff and you had to cull a bunch of them? Is that how you – I mean because because when we do stories for this show, it just it's just a constant fucking stream yeah. of garbage. You had to yeah. – there had to be some that you started writing and were like, ah, I just can't – this is not as good as the other stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I started off with about 30. So the, the book was actually going to be a lot bigger than it, than it ended up. Um, but, I mean, in in the end, I started repeating myself over and over again. So I did. There were a few that just got cut out simply because I'd already counted those, uh, you know, specific claims in other areas. Um, so I just, you know, I, I just cut out an, an entire individual uh, letter or response to a letter uh, because of that. So, you know, it, it ended up, I think, at 12 because... Of that fact, just just basically cutting out the the ones that I'd already I'd already uh, gone over. I Is thought it was based on I mean? the apostles. I was that's what I was just going to say. Based on the apostles. <laughs> yeah, so it was based on the apostles. So I kept it to twelve. <laughs> oh, so Jake, if people were going to buy your book, uh, yes, how would they go about doing it? Oh, the best way to do it is to go to Amazon.com. And uh, search letters for letters to Christian leaders. Hollow be thy claims. It's available on Kindle for five dollars and ninety nine cents. 
Do you see any of that money? Copy. Do you see any of that money when it gets somebody pays a because I bought it on Kindle. Tom, yeah, you bought it, too. right? Yeah, I did too. Yeah. 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 Do you see royalties, any of that money? Royalties are a funny thing. I do see I do see a bit of it. Okay. Uh, not a huge amount. Not a huge amount, but that's okay. I'm a first-time writer. But people should still buy it because you're – hey, Jake's getting some money out of this, so you should absolutely buy Because if you <laughs> were like, no, I see like fucking it. 10 cents, I'd be like, no, t- you know, buy the fucking hard copy then. <laughs> yeah. Let's no, get this I, guy I see, some funds. I see about half of it. So, oh, yeah, good, definitely good. dive in. Dive yeah, in. Absolutely. Buy the shit out of it. Yeah, buy buy it for all your friends and neighbors. That's what I would yeah. say. And, and your neighborhood priests. Yeah, yeah. And send Barack Obama a copy on Kindle. Just send it seven, to him via Seven email. copies. Whitehouse.gov. That's where you go with that. <laughs> and if you're worried that, that, you know, the whole toilet's been dumped on the book, uh, the, the nice thing about the Kindle version is you can download it on your phone and read it on the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> which, yes. you know, context which is, is everything. Absolutely. So that way, when you consume it, you, it can pass right through you into the toilet and into the sewer system. It's very efficient, very efficient way to do it. Thanks for coming on our show, Jake. No, you, it's Jake. my pleasure. So we got an email from Chris, Tom, and Chris says, uh, you know, first let me say you guys put on a hell of a show. Thanks, Chris. It's very nice of you to say. Um, he... Uh, <laughs> I like his uh, his the way he describes it. He says it's a perfect mix of high comp- concept and lowbrow. I often uh, sat on the train uh, with you in my headphones, laughing like a schizophrenic off his meds. So uh, so thank you. That's great. Um, now Chris had a dilemma. Tom, what Chris did was Chris initially, you know, when they were uh, when he felt that the religious right was sort of closing in on him, as he says, he went all angry atheist, bought a bunch of shirts. Uh, basically, you know, kind of went all balls out with his atheism. Like, this is who I am. I'm going to advertise it for other people. And uh, and since then has sort of taken a step back, I think mainly because a couple times he's been sort of looked at like with a glare and uh, and eventually said, and I'm going to read directly from his email here is eventually I started feeling like I was being all oppositional for the sake of being oppositional. It felt more like a petulance than a pride. Uh, so I was basically put it all away. So here's my question. Am I being a coward? What role does advertising play? Is it juvenile as it as it feels sometimes? Or do I need to take up the banner for the cause? Uh, whatever ideas you have on this would be cool. What are your thoughts on that, Tom? Um, you know, the first thing that I, that I want to say is that um, it's, it's totally reasonable to be um, cyclical in terms of your attitudes and your moods and your thoughts about, um, you know, how you portray yourself to the world. Um, you don't have to choose one attitude or one persona and say, oh, well, this is the one that I've chosen and now this is who I am forever after set in concrete and it will never change. To to think that that is going to be the case, um, I just think is, is unrealistic and untrue. So, you know, I, I understand that you're feeling some, some dissonance um, between your sort of the prior incantation of your personality being somewhat oppositional and maybe more aggressive and now you're you know, not feeling that same level of, of sort of aggressive, assertive oppositionalism. Um, that's reasonable, man. I mean, first of all, people kind of mellow out generally as we age. That's just, that's just fucking fact. Um, your testosterone levels go down as we get a little older and we get a little more mellow. Um, it hasn't happened to me, but that's what I've read. <laughs> um, and, and it's cool. You know, maybe, maybe in a year you'll swing back the other direction. You just, you just kind of go with what feels honest for you. 
Now, we got a voicemail from Esme, and I'm not going to talk about the voicemail at all because Esme was very clear she didn't want it uh, broadcasted or, or talked about. But I will say only one thing, and that's you, you, you got cut off in the middle of your voicemail. You were almost done, and you said, I have one more thing to say, and then the tape cuts off. So we have no idea what the last thing you said, Esme, was, but you got cut off right at the end at the three-minute mark. So uh, another uh, another. Um, reminder to listeners, if you're going to call in and you're going to leave a voicemail, I know, Esme, you didn't want yours played, but if you're going to leave a voicemail for us, um, understand that Google cuts it off at three minutes. So you got to be brief. And if you want to play it on the show, you got to be even more brief. Minute, minute and a half is really the tops we're going to play on the show. I love this next email, Tom. We got an email from Gardner here. Yeah, we did. I I think this is great. I'd get t-shirts of this made. He put together an image um, based on something that Cecil Hood said previously. Um, it's, It's very amusing. He said, uh, God hates polycotton fabs. And it's got Leviticus, Leviticus 1919 underneath. <laughs> and bravo. I think yeah. that's hilarious. I think it's great, too. It's a perfect play off of the Westboro Baptist Church. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to use this as the image for this show this time. Thank you for making it. Um, we think it's great, and we're going to use it for this show. Um, we're going to put it on the blog. I don't know. We might have to use uh, Jake's book cover for the show. I Actually, I apologize. How about if I use it next week? I'll use yep. it for next week's show instead. Um, so I'll put it on the blog this week, and I'll use it as the main image for next week's show. So, Tom, we got an email from Paul, and Paul says, uh, I just heard number 60 and wondered if my email did not arrive or if my questions were too hard. Uh, Paul, I got to say, um, we would have certainly answered your email. We didn't get it. It was in our spam filter. I checked. It got caught in our spam filter. And since you send an email that's kind of dickish, um, we're not going to answer your question. Uh, I don't think it's too hard, and I could certainly answer it, but I don't want to encourage people to send us email that is uh, that is confrontational and adversarial. I think uh, you know we put out a show every week that is uh, that we try to make sure that our listeners we treat them with a great deal of respect, and uh, and we would expect to be treated with that same respect. So uh, we're not going to answer your question. Yeah, the, uh, if if you want to make sure that we don't address you seriously. Um be unnecessarily shitty and aggressive. Yeah, that'll that'll make sure. You know, I, I I would have answered. I certainly would not have shied away from your question. But uh, but you sent us an email where you're you're basically saying we're we're not smart enough to answer your question. So I don't know why you would even want an answer from us. Yeah, I'm not interested. Tom, that stuff from the abyss is real. <laughs> At least that's yeah. what this person said. Jake Jake sent us an email with a video. Yeah. Um... Ew. (laughs) (laughs) The goo uh, from the abyss is evidently a, that's a fucking thing. Although I don't think it's ready for prime time. No, I don't think Um, so either. But, you know, so it's real ish. Yeah, and that's cool. And this is a great email of just saying, hey guys, just so you know, this stuff might be real. Thanks for sending it in. We had no idea. We were just kidding around, but it turned out, uh, it turned out like a, that we were wrong again, like we are about many things. But thank you for the for the suggestion that we the correction, I guess, is what yeah, I should constructive say. criticism. I love it. Thank you for yeah, sending it. It was very fine. nicely. It was very nicely worded too. Thank you. So Tom uh, Lewis sends us a message. Lewis uh, attached this gifts and ministry of prophecy. There's a big uh, uh, document about prophecy that he attached. But one of the things that we'd like to address more is the P.S. the piece uh, the piece at the end. Yeah, he uh, he asks. I wonder if there might be some distinctly secular way to establish a community of mutual support within the atheist community, or if such a community already exists. Sometimes I miss the tribal nature of a church and the way that they uh, would come together to help their own. Um, 
You know, I think that that's something that a lot of people who used to belong to a church um, particularly feel a, a, a distinct loss when they uh, move away from religion. I think that that's um, the, the meeting place, the, the gathering place, um, is something that uh, churches provide an easy uh, avenue to, to get to. Um, you know, I, I think you've got to establish your own traditions. You know, that's, that's the first thing that I would say is just find like-minded people and create a tradition. You know, that's all a church is, right? It's a group of people based around a tradition getting together who are like-minded to uh, experience fellowship. That's what you miss. You can make that on your own. We got an email from Dan, and Dan uh, had sent us an email last week and said, hey, should I request my funds back from, um, you know, from my tithing? And we said, sure, go ahead and try it. And he actually sent an email uh, to a Baptist board and asked them for his money back. And they responded, and he sent it to us. And I got to thank you, Dan, for sending it to us. I thought it was a fascinating read, and I thought the way in which you handled it was superb. I think that you're very eloquent in the way you wrote it, and I really do highly respect the way that you treated this situation. Yeah, I thought this was a great read. Thanks for uh, thanks for indulging us by sending this to us. So I want to talk real quick, Tom, before we sign off um, and and thank Jake for coming on the show, which we will do. I do want to talk about um, about iTunes for a second. Uh, we got an iTunes rating this week that sort of stuck in my craw. We just got a brand new uh, a brand new uh, rating, and this is what it said. It said, too much cussing, one star. I couldn't even listen to the content for all the F-bombs dropped. Do you have to cuss like a sailor to be an atheist? Just not for me. Um, so uh, what I want to say is, you know, we get a lot of this. A lot of people will say, you know, you guys cuss too much, whatever. Um, cussing, the word cuss, the root of it is from the word curse. Um, I know, I know, Tom, I don't believe in curses. No. <laughs> um, I don't think curses exist. No. I can't imagine someone who is an atheist would be offended by language. Um, my father-in-law is a, is a religious guy, and he's a very religious guy. I have, Tom, I have never heard him use a swear word ever. I've never heard that man utter a swear word, not ass even. I don't think I've ever even heard him say. Um but he curses all the time. What he says is, you devil, and gosh darn it, he is cursing things. But he is, and he has the exact same intent that I do when I call something a motherfucker or whatever. Um, it's just, it's just, he's just using a different word for it. It's just semantics at this point. But he has the same intent. That's why I could never, I can never wrap my head around people who are like, you guys swear too much or their swearing's too much. Like, swearing shouldn't bother you. Why does it bother you? There's nobody up in heaven who's like shaking his finger at me for swearing. It's just how I speak when I'm comfortable. Yeah, I, you know, if, if you don't appreciate the content or you don't like the way that the content is delivered, um, or you don't think that the uh, you know what we're saying is a value, or you have a suggestion, that's that's legitimate. Like, okay, cool. You know, I mean, like, take it, provide me that feedback, and I will listen to it. And you know, even if I don't agree with it, I might. I'm not going to get salty about it. But this idea that that there is a thing called swearing that's that's kind of a socially agreed upon nonsense. Um, you know, you may as well hit your hand with a hammer and say expletive, right? You know, because that's. That's all it is. It's it's like you know, filler word, expletive. You know, what I mean, you just you're just naming parts of fucking speech at that point. Uh, it's silly, and uh, if you don't like it, I cannot imagine being surprised when you get through the two explicit warnings prior to listening to this show 
and then being turned off that it's explicit. But people have said, I've read reviews too, where they're like, they're just throwing in curse words to throw in curse words. No, this is really how I talk. I am not doctoring my speech. I don't swear at work. I don't ever swear at work because I don't I, – I, I realize that that's a place where other people may find it offensive. I swear when I'm comfortable with people. I happen to be very comfortable talking to Tom and on my own fucking podcast, I happen to be very comfortable. <laughs> so I speak how I want to speak. And if you don't like it, I'm sorry. Um, there's plenty of podcasts out there that are clean podcasts. You should listen to those and, uh, and rate those too. So we had a great time, Tom, with Jake from the Imaginary Friends Show. Yeah, that guy's awesome. Thanks, for We, we, we really appreciate him being on. That was terrific. We're going to be on his podcast, which you can find at imaginaryfriendshow.com. Uh, we're going to be on his show, uh, which is going to be episode 107. And we're going to be on it for the whole time. So uh, I think it's going to be out pretty soon. Uh, I don't know how long it's going to take him to edit it. But we suspect that. You could get a couple of hours worth of us this week if you so if we were so fucking inclined, you could do it. Uh, so we'll be on his show, um, Imaginary Friends Show number one hundred and seven. Uh, he's uh, he wrote a book, so you guys should check it out. It's called Letters to Christian Leaders. Hallowed be thy claims. You can find it on Amazon. It's it's like five bucks for Kindle. It's really not that expensive. And as he said earlier, he gets half of that. So uh, so it's a good amount of money that he's getting. So if you get a chance and you want to read a, a good book, go ahead and, and click it and, and read his book um, and listen to his podcast. But it was great to have him on. So we have our last, uh, our latest disclaimer that we've got to play, Tom. Oh, yeah, we do. Absolutely. So, so we've got to make sure we play that. So be sure to stay tuned. We're going to leave you with the Skeptic's Creed. But after the Skeptic's Creed, listen to the disclaimer. Thanks for listening. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo quasi alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, pyramidal, free energy, healing, water, downward spiral, brain dead pan, sales pitch, late night info docutainment. Leo Pisces, cancer cures, detox, reflex, foot massage, death and towers, tarot cars, psychic healing, crystal balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, aliens, churches, mosques and synagogues, temples, dragons, giant worms, Atlantis, dolphins, truthers, birthers, witches, wizards, vaccine nuts, shaman healers, evangelists, conspiracy, doublespeak, stigmata, nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. The views and opinions expressed in the show are not suited to small animals or virgins. Look, if you don't like it, don't fucking listen. Pretty simple, really. <laughs>